What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. What's up, everyone? Happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen and the one and only Dr. Boca. We are hitting you up from the corner of Audacity and Advice. So you know what that means. It's time for another episode, another session of Unpolished Therapy. Hey, Dr. Boca, what's going on? Hey, Rach. It's good to see you. I'm listening and I'm laughing to myself because you just said at the corner of audacity and advice, and I'm thinking, oh no, this is not the corner we are at right now. <laughs> this, is, this is a very different corner, one that is overlooking the cliff, I think, because as our listeners can't see, but I can see very well, as we all know, Rachel works out of her garage, and I'm looking at her, and the shelves above her head are usually covered with a million things. And every week, there's getting to be less and less things on top. It's looking as though, Rachel, you are accomplishing the goal, sort of kind of of moving here. But it's been like the longest process for me to watch. I can only imagine what it's been like for you. Sort of, kind of, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, we are. We're getting there. We're taking baby steps. Every day we're doing a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Because yes, everyone, I am once again moving. Moving is just such a drag. I don't care if you are the king and queen of Sheba. It's the biggest pain in the ass. And then what happens is you couple in and no pun intended with the couple piece. Because for me, what has happened, Dr. Boca, I'm trying so hard to use the tools that you and I have spoken about and the meditative portion of all this. And in full disclosure, everyone, today, my meditation, because I am, I'm on a great path. I'm on, I think, a good streak, as the kids say. We're on day 12 or 13, or we're somewhere along that. But today, my meditation, at least as of this moment, includes three glasses of red wine. So (laughs) that's the meditation, right? That works, works, right? But what I've tried to do is really, really work at incorporating not just do as I say, not as I do, and not just preaching, but truly practicing the tools that you and I have spoken about to keep that calm, even-keeled level of emotion while going through something that is emotional and erratic and it's stressful. And frankly, just in an unpolished terms, it's the biggest fucking pain in the ass, which is moving, right? Totally. So, so how's that working for you? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. So, <laughs> so in keeping with what we just said, that I am trying to check myself, literally check myself, Rachel, don't react, just do what needs to get done. Everything is happening for a reason. The journey is the experience, right? Okay, I know all that and I believe it, truly. I absolutely believe it and I'm practicing it. It doesn't mean in the moment, right? When it's Saturday afternoon, the weather is magnificent. I can only imagine that people in the world are out living their best life, that I'm now in my house packing up once again trophies, right? (laughs) For when my kids were like four, from the rec center, which I'm not even sure, like, why did I keep it the first time? I'm not going to pretend that I, this was going back a week or so ago, 
the complete unpolished nervous breakdown of what am I doing? Where am I going? Where have I been? What does this mean? Because what happens in the moment, and we talk about this a lot, Dr. Boca, if only that ignorance is bliss card would work for someone like me, I would be more blissful. Okay, I'm not ignorant. And I absolutely understand just what I said earlier, that moving sucks for anyone, for anyone. For someone like me, the physical strain of moving, the actual packing, the lugging, the doing, all your nails are now broken, your hands physically hurt, your back is aching, all of that, you know what? Sign me up, motherfucker. I can handle it. I'm tough. I got it. Been there, done that. That's not the issue. It's pain. It's not the issue. What happens for me is a self-inflicted, because no one's putting it on me. I know I'm doing it myself, but it's a self-inflicted analysis of where have I been? What have I accomplished? Where am I going? Mm. What have I done? What haven't I done, more notably? I was going to say, I think you spend most of your time in Uh haven't I Uh done. And if we're going to turn the lemonade into lemons, because I know that's where you want to go, and that's why I love you, because you always try to find the bright side and the positive and so on and so forth. I respect and understand that we are getting somewhere. This is the journey. This is part of the progress that we're all making. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other. But I'm sharing with you and I'm hoping the listeners out there that that they will understand as well. And maybe me again being the guinea pig will shed some light and will kind of make people say, oh, okay. So it's not just me. The feelings and emotions that percolate, that bubble up, it doesn't always feel good because it's almost like a forced report card. Someone like me, of course, there's always checks and balances, right? Mm -hmm. Or the litmus test that we're keeping track. And again, by we, I'm not judgmental of other people who may be going through it. I think I'm the most empathetic, understanding friend or colleague, neighbor, whatever it may be. It's for me, that judgment that I put on myself of taking stock. Where have we been? Where are we going? What's happened in between? So the first thing that I would say is moving is one of the most stressful things. It's up there in the top five like changing jobs, death, like all of those, divorce, it is up there. If it's not in the top five, it's number six. I mean, it is a very stressful thing. It's change, right? And we all, as much as we say we like change and we want new beginnings and we want to see what else is out there, change is hard. And on top of that, when you have to put in, by default, you're going through shit from your past and putting them in boxes. It doesn't matter if the past was three weeks ago, three months ago, 30 years ago, it brings up and elicits emotion in us. And feeling is difficult. It's painful. It's hurtful. It is reminiscent of times from yonder. I don't know. Is yonder backwards? I don't even know. Well, or yesteryear. Yesteryear. Oh, look at you. Okay. So of those days, right? And it doesn't always feel good. But the good thing about the meditation that you're doing, the good thing about the checking in that you're doing is feelings are temporary, Mm -hmm. right? And we can work through them and they will pass. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're incorporating all of these things is actually a really wonderful thing. And I almost feel like maybe at some point, you're going to become Dr. Boca because you're incorporating all of these things that we talk about so well in an unpolished way, right? Because at the end of it, we're all unpolished. So I wanted to put that out there. 
all to begin with. The other piece of this that I hear that keeps coming up over and over, it doesn't matter what topic we talk about, whether it is, oh, I don't know, raising kids, if it's getting married, getting divorced, packing your your place up, if it's eating, if it's weight, if it's perimenopause. Got it. What? What? Get to it. Land the plane. It's the judgment that you hold on to and the evaluation. Like if I were you and I was constantly putting myself through an evaluation and a test, how would I feel good about that? I remember how stressed out I got when I took a test in whatever school I was in and it would cause me such anxiety. How would I ever feel good? If every single time I embark on something, I evaluated it and quite frankly, not polishedly as you know, as you are not doing, you are unpolishedly yeah, well, here, evaluating Okay, but I, but I just want to argue a point and sure. I don't mean argue and like I'm fighting you on it. But if you were saying though that moving is so stressful, whatever, wouldn't you then say that it kind of makes sense that when you move because it is change and it's finite, I mean, it's a specific literal change mm-hmm. where we're changing our address we're making phone calls, we're getting our ducks in a row, we are physically moving from point A to point B. Wouldn't that make sense that that, if if there's ever a time to evaluate, I respect the fact that you're saying, I mean, leave judgment at the old house, right? Don't bring it to the new house, right? right. But that would be an appropriate space in time and motion to, if you are going to evaluate, and someone like me is an over-evaluator, this I mean, if you're not going to do it here, where would you be doing it? I'm not suggesting don't evaluate. It's the judgment piece of it, the negative mindset, right? There's so many, when we take stock, there's oftentimes so many wonderful things when we're facing a loss, a loss of a physical house, a loss of the life that we had, we tend to go into that negative headspace of looking at all of the lack of accomplishments, the things that are still the same that were when they were. And what I would encourage people to do is we may not see exponentially huge changes. I mean, you've only been living in this house for what, two years? You've only been through the process of having to do this on your own the second time. We're not talking this is eight years, your fifth time doing it, right? We're not going to expect these huge, tremendous gains, but are you focusing in on the smaller gains that you've made without looking at it as judgment, without looking at yourself and saying, this is all you got. This is all this two years shows for what I've been through. And, you know, I should be so much further along because I know where your headspace Mm -hmm. tends to take you. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage you, why add more on this stressful time when you can be kinder and more compassionate to yourself in this process? And I don't have an answer to that other than to rebuttal it with your right except well, the layered frustration on my end, which again, it's not just me. I'm sure it's all the listeners who have gone through moves. When you are methodical and organized, you want things done when you want things done. I make a phone call, okay, to one of many, because we all know when you move between the utilities people and the moving people and the this people and the that people and the address changes and all the shit that in the grand scope of life, are we talking brain surgery? Of course not. No, we are not talking brain surgery. But there is a level of organization that's needed Mm -hmm. and required if you want the lights to go on in the new house, right? So that stuff I can do with my eyes closed. The piece that's frustrating, and I don't know if this is judgment, you can probably define it more than I can, 
but where it it highlights even more the aggravation of the move, which then for someone like me highlights where I am in my life versus where I thought I would be or... And then that's where kind of the rabbit hole dive Mm -hmm. goes. And I'm going to use one of many examples. The company that's going to shred all your documents, right? Okay. Okay. You know, I did this several years ago when I made the first move after living in a house for... I don't remember exactly. I don't know. We were there 12 years, 13, whatever the number is. Okay. Been there, done that, shredded my life away and... What a cathartic feeling that was, right? So now you kind of want to do that again. And even in the few years I'm here, there's documents now that I don't want to schlep to the next house with me, right? So as far as I'm concerned, this is their business. I'm not asking anyone to do me a favor. I'm calling them to say, hey, it's Rachel, silver unpolished, whatever. Give me a call. Here's my phone number. I'm moving. I have a stack of documents that need to be moved. This is what you do, right? You offer a service. I'm going to pay you currency, right? (laughs) We're going to have a business exchange and I'm going to get what I need, which is to get the fucking documents out of my hair. And you're going to get what you need because I'm going to pay you to do it. In my life, this transaction is one that you would think is like brain surgery. I mean, no one is calling me back. I've left three messages. I've sent an email. I mean, do I need to beg for you to come out? Here's the point, and this is what I mean. You have one job to do, okay? It's the same thing if you go to a restaurant. Their job is to come to your table, say hello, greet you, and take the order. If they fuck it up, they're not doing their job, right? Right. So I put anything, like if this is what your business is, and you can't even call me back, these are the things that layer on the frustration of a project that's already frustrating, right? Getting in touch with the powers that be, honestly, Dr. Boga, you think I'm exaggerating? I but don't. Tracking down Bin Laden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, tracking a terrorist down, for that took, what, what did it take, 10 years, 12 Forever, years? Right? It took a, a very long, long time. time. My lease would be up, okay? <laughs> if we're going in Bin Laden terms, but that's easier than finding people to just call me back. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. So all of the meditation in the world. Okay, so I get it. Like, and I'm not disputing by any sense that the work ethic, particularly in South Florida, leaves a lot to be desired. And I think COVID has done even worse to this. It's crazy what's going on. And the influx of people moving here is mind-blowing right now. I read an article. I don't know if the statistic is accurate or not, but I would imagine even if you skew it in both directions, mm-hmm. right? Just for argument's sake, I heard 45,000 people have moved down here. And by here, I'm pretty sure that means Palm Beach County, Broward County, Dade mm-hmm. County, right? Not the state in general, but our area, mm-hmm. 45,000 people since the pandemic. Wow. That's a wow, wow. right? That's a wow. In my world, that's a wow. That's a lot of people, which is a lot of people. Why you can't go? Why no one's calling me back? Well, and why you can't go anywhere down here because there's people everywhere and there's cars everywhere and everything is taking way longer. But that's a whole nother discussion. So I can appreciate that this is the world that we're living in and it's very, very frustrating. What I'm hearing though is that you are getting frustrated with things that are out of your control. You are doing everything that you can. And it is okay to get frustrated with those types of things. That is totally what everybody in the world would do. And that though is different 
than what you were talking about before, which is the evaluation component of it. So we can be frustrated and it can be annoying and it is stressful. And one hopes in our enlightened being, ugh, whatever, whoever's enlightened is... Like, right. I mean, name like, three. I don't know. Okay. So like, I'm certainly not the enlightened one. Okay. Right. So, I don't know anyone enlightened. No, there's no enlightened person no. around me at least. But let's assume there was an enlightened person. Let's Kudos. pretend. Let's, let's pretend that, everyone. Right? So they would breathe through this frustration and they would look at what the signs are that are coming to them and welcome it with abundance and feel like, oh, this is such a gift. We are not those people. We are mm-hmm. un- as unpolished as they come. So our best hope is to say, you know what? This is a fucking annoying process. These people, and list every curse word known to man, slam the phone down, it is what it is. Take a couple of breaths, right? Because at the end of it, we are at their mercy to get this shit done in order to get some of it done. And not allow it to overtake us. And that's where the meditation comes in. Cleanse ourselves Mm -hmm. of this. Feel the feelings, sit with them, understand what's behind it. Because the truth is, if we really sat here and dug that frustration, legit frustration, but behind that frustration that leads you to then go down that rabbit hole, our feelings behind that about your I'm going to say adequacy. Your stuff. My stuff. Right. My stuff. Okay. And that's what's getting triggered, which is making this process so much more painful. Yeah. And I know enough to know that it's normal. Like, I'm going to throw it to you, but I'm also going to throw it to the listeners out there because I cannot be the only one. So let's get a little unpolished here because I want to have some humor because it's so pathetic that you just have to laugh, right? Absolutely. So when I moved the first time, I think it was really more of coming from a place of survival, right? You just Mm -hmm. throw all the shit in the boxes and you go, right? We're getting rid of this old house. This life is over. We're starting over. It's a clean slate. We'll deal with it when we get there, right? Okay. Well, when we got there, (laughs) we just kept it in the boxes, okay? okay? And again, by we, I mean me, because I don't know how all these years went by and like I never unpacked the fine china. But why? why? Like, what are you I wasn't fine chining it up with anybody. So it's still in the box, which is kind of cool now because it's already packed, right? I never <laughs> unboxed it. But awesome. going through some of the other stuff. So here's what some of the, the emotions that percolated up, right? Okay. So the first time, again, we know it's survival, throw it all in a box and roll, right? Which is not to say that there was a ton of stuff that I donated or gave away or if we're being honest, throughout, right? But this time, and there was still a ton of stuff that I was donating, giving away, which I do want to point out. Anyone out there, if you are interested, whether you're moving or not, but in just taking time to do a deep cleanse, clean out shit, when you're in a good place, don't wait till you're in a shitty place or your life is being turned upside down, but donate it. AVDA, which I think is aid to victim of domestic violence. There's the Federation, whether it's the Jewish Federation or your church groups out there, children in need, goodwill. Women in distress. Women in distress. The JCCs um, usually have a... Yep, JAFCO, um, of Jafco, course. Jafco, which, yep. That's a local organization here in South Florida that I know that we're involved in. The, the Jewish, it's adoption and family care. But it feels so good to just take stuff that you know, you and your family, you've used, 
you've had terrific memories or not, but maybe someone else can, right? And you're not going to throw it out. There's always someone that needs it more than you do. So I I am encouraging everyone out there, just purge it. Give it to someone else who needs it. It It feels feels good. good. You may also get a tax deduction if you do call some of these organizations, Goodwill or the like. But I digress. My point is that we're in this second move of this second act and new chapter of life. I'm now taking a little bit more time to go through things because you'd be surprised even though you've purged it the first time, how quickly things do pile up. And now maybe you can take a beat and a breath and say, okay, do I really need this for the next move? Okay. Yeah, you you also have distance from a lot of this. Right. Well, okay. So back to your point. So now, and I think I mentioned on a few older podcasts, the sense of humor in the things that weren't so funny years ago They kind of are now. So I now want to just, I want to throw this out to you. Okay. Okay. I have two little things here. So number one, and we can break this down. You know, I know we break down the wreckage. We can break it down into several parts. So I pulled out and I didn't know I was pulling this out. But as I'm getting the shit out to move, I pull out my ketubah. Okay. (laughs) Now for anyone out there that's not Jewish, if you don't know what a ketubah is, it's basically like the contract. That you sign before you get... It's it's the marriage license. Except when you're Jewish, the marriage license is, you know, 11 by 14. Piece of art. It's a piece of art. It costs a zillion dollars. You have it professionally framed. And now it weighs 75 pounds. (laughs) And it's taking up a lot of space. And the contract, not for anything is now null and void for a couple of years, okay? (laughs) So I ask you this, Dr. Boca. What am I doing with the ketubah after all this time? Am I still moving from house to house to house? It doesn't mean anything. Okay. So you're asking the person (laughs) who had a fight (laughs) with their mother about what to do with my ketubah from my first marriage. Okay, good. So I'm in good company. You are in great company. And I said, it's bad luck to bring it into my next marriage. So can it stay at your house, mom? (laughs) Mm-hmm. I said, because I don't feel like you can rip it up. Like that's right. It's like a photograph. Like we were always right. taught, like you don't throw away photos. Right. Okay. But my mother tried to throw away all our childhood photos. Aye. And she said, basically, either you take it, your brother takes it, or it's going in the garbage. And I'm like, who throws away childhood photos? So I'm asking my mother what to do with my ketubah, right? And she is anti-clutter. Okay, which is why she was getting rid of the pictures to begin with. So I said, could it live in the top of a closet in your, you know, six bedroom home that no one would even know was there? And she thought about it for a while and she did take it Mm -hmm. until she had to move. And now I'm several years into my next marriage. And she's like, so now I'm probably at least six years out of my past marriage. First marriage. And I'm sitting here. She's like, so. I have a question for you. What would you like to do with your ketubah and your wedding dress? And that was leading me to my next one, which I have a whole idea about the wedding dress, but I'm going to let you finish and then I'm going to jump in. Okay. So I was like, well, at this point, my daughter's never wearing that wedding dress Mm -hmm. because by the way, I have two other ones from my next wedding. And I think at this point we can like burn the ketubah. And she's like, oh, you can't do that. That would be awful. Well, isn't it like sacrilegious? sacrilegious, right? So I still possess the dress Mm -hmm. in a garbage bag. I think it's in a garbage bag with the other dress that I didn't wear Mm -hmm. and then the preserved one that I did wear. And the ketubah has 
disappeared. I have no idea. How lucky. I think my mother might have thrown it away. Let her live with that angst and bad karma. I didn't want it. But you know what though? And sometimes I guess this is maybe why talk therapy really is therapy. And and I just want to put the disclaimer out there. Everyone, of course, we say this every week. This isn't real therapy. We are shooting the shit. We want to protect Dr. Boca's license for her real patients and the work that she does on a daily. But as you're saying that your mom kind of like mysteriously misplaced it, she's not 100% sure where it went. I'm thinking and I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's time. Maybe. And I'm going to get to the dress in a second. But as far as the ketubah is concerned, with the exception that the framing is so beautiful and it's ornate and the matting and the this and that, first of all, you're not hanging. I, I was going to say, right? where the fuck okay. you putting it in the new so, house? And the other thing, which I just think the irony is so bliss and I just love this and I just want to share it with the listeners. When I pulled it out to then be like, oh God, this again, what do I do here? I took the time to kind of peruse through it. And I read it a little bit. And most of it is in another language. Again, for the non-Jews out there, it's in Hebrew. So I have an idea of what it says, but I'm not, you know, making it up as I go along. But when I got to the part where we all signed our name, this is the part that I had that dark sense of humor, humor, okay? I'm, I'm polished. Right. So I'm looking at it. I signed it. Okay, I'm divorced now. My husband signed it. He's divorced, right? And then you get to pick people, right? It's kind of like those honors out there, everyone, right? So my husband picked his best friend who signed it on behalf of himself. And I got to pick my best friend on my end. So I just laughed to myself because... All divorced. Yeah, thank you for the punchline. Okay, my best friend... At the time she was married, right? She's now divorced. At the time, the guy that my husband picked to sign it for him, he was married. He's divorced. So we have four divorced people. We have a beautiful frame and we have like a lot of Jewish law and right of religion here of whatever we're now putting into stone, this contract that we've all basically violated the whole thing. And I actually now on air have made the decision. There's really no reason to keep it. I'm throwing it out. It doesn't matter. It served a purpose for the years it served the purpose, but it's really now just clutter and I'm decluttering my life. So that's going in the garbage. Thank you for helping me work that out. So I just want to put a disclaimer out there. By no means am I a rabbi or rebbitzin, and I might have just given you information. Like I'm already going to hell. Yeah, that might be like you're supposed to bury it or you're... I've already purchased a (laughs) first class ticket to hell. It's open-ended. I don't know when I'm getting there. (laughs) I hope not for a while, but I have my spot reserved. So with the tuba on the corner, you know, Friday morning when when the garbage comes, is going to get me there any sooner. It is what it is. But let's move on though to the wedding dress thing because that's another thing. And this is a little bit more of a conundrum. Okay. So obviously in the first move, yes, it was preserved. It's in this big box. Mm -hmm. The box is actually like bigger than the house we're even moving into. (laughs) So now space is important and I need to really kind of prioritize what goes where. So I look at the dress and obviously if you know me, you know, the first question wasn't, Am I keeping it or throwing it out? It was, can I, I fit into that? that? <laughs> Do you think I could still get that over my my, my tits right now, right? So <laughs> We I all have the myself, same thought. Okay, we do. All right. Yeah. So I'm not that unique. But I'm like, do I puncture the preservation here? 
this thing is preserved, which I don't even know if that's a bunch of bullshit or not, but it's in some big fancy box and it's sealed. And I don't know what that means. It's like opening a casket. We don't really want to know what's happening underneath there. So I do. I love God, Rachel. I do. I love it. I listen at the end, but listen, the wedding dress is dead. So it kind of fits into the whole ghoul thing. Right. So I look at the wedding dress and I'm like, God, this takes up so much space. What am I doing with this thing? Number one, to your point about you having a daughter. A, I don't have a daughter. And even if I did, you're not going to give your daughter a tarnished, quote unquote, wedding dress, right? But maybe you would for like Halloween or some type of... We're playing dress up, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't have a daughter. So that negates that option. Number two, I feel awkward selling it. I just think that that's a weird Mm -hmm. thing to do, okay? Number three, I feel even weirder. And maybe you can help me break this Mm -hmm. down donating because it was a really, really expensive dress. So Mm -hmm. the only way I would donate it would be, and maybe call me out. I don't know. Maybe this is selfish or maybe this is with condition and that's not allowed. But if if I'm going to donate it, I want it to go to someone that truly would it. think that it was the living end the way that I thought it was the living ends when I was getting... I mean, we're, this it wasn't just something I bought at Target. This was actually an oh my God moment, right? So even all these years later, I don't want it to go for waste. I don't want it to be for naught. So who would you donate that to that you know is really going to love and value? Or, and then this is where my just gut-wrenching unpolishedness comes into place, okay? When I'm up in the middle of the night and I think about my future and what I'm doing with my life and, well, what if one day, I don't know, what if I had like this one-woman show of like, I can't be the only one who's fucked up. We're all fucked up, right? I envision like, what if I repurpose the wedding dress and I dyed it and now it's black or silver or whatever and I can get my ass into it even, which would be the (laughs) biggest win, right? And then that's what I'm performing in. Even just at the least, do I rip it out of that box, try it on, and then give it away? I don't know. What do I do with the dress? So hopefully it will be a two-person show. And Dr. Boga will be along with you. Okay. I tell you that your thought process is not so far off from one of my unpolished thoughts. I was like, what if I have a party where everybody comes in their old wedding dresses, right? Because A, they're not going to fucking fit most people, right? And B, how funny would that be when you see the safety pins or the sweaters Mm -hmm. over the back that don't fit? And you spend a fortune. We should enjoy them one more time. So I was not so far off from you. I I went a little less dark in terms of, you know, dyeing it black and wearing it on a show. But I did think as you were talking, we could actually use it for promotional (laughs) material. Okay. Okay, so I was thinking, huh, maybe she should open it. We should use it for promotional material. I can pull out one of my other dresses that I never wore or did wear or whatever. We can take some photos and then we can donate it. Now, when you say I need it to be somebody who appreciates it, let me tell you something. Whomever receives a dress like that will be beyond grateful and appreciative. They may not appreciate which designer it was and how much it costs, but the people who are buying this from wherever that you're helping out a child who was adopted, a child of a woman who was involved with domestic violence, somebody who doesn't have the means, you know, when we donate all the prom dresses and stuff, you are changing the life of somebody, for them to have this beautiful, out of reach, elegant dress that they could never have had under any other circumstances. 
I'm literally getting the chills as I'm talking about this because it's, and I know that sounds cheesy, but I really legit just did. It's such a special thing that we're coming at it from just a different mindset and worldview because it was so important and so meaningful to us, but we don't realize that the real meaningful part is being able to have a beautiful dress at your wedding. And for some people, they're never going to have that. Well, I appreciate that. And I and listen, I do want someone to enjoy it and appreciate it and feel as though, oh my God, I never could have had this on my own. I think the piece that I struggle with is that it's kind of like, from my vantage point, giving away something that's tainted. And by tainted, I mean that dress, it didn't serve me the way I potentially thought it would have when I walked down the aisle. And if I would, even though I don't have a daughter, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't let her wear that dress right? because of the history. So now I'm going to give it to a stranger and just say, hey, best of luck to you. But look, we can change the karma of the dress. One man's trash is another man's treasure, right? Mm-hmm. And we yeah. have no idea what they'll manifest in that dress. Maybe the dress was destined to produce a wonderful story. It just got picked up by the wrong person at the wrong time, or this wasn't the story it was supposed to produce. Do you think you have to disclose it to no. whomever you're donating it you to? to? No, I don't, don't think so. No, and it's probably better that there's no tie, which is the difference between giving it to your daughter tainted that you don't have, but your fictional mm-hmm. daughter. My, my pretend daughter. Right, your pretend <laughs> daughter versus an absolute stranger. Mm-hmm. Then the emotional tarnishness doesn't travel in the same way because mm-hmm. there's no direct correlation. There's no connection. There's nothing other than the true, genuine, like this is benefiting me by getting it out of my house because it takes up too much space. And in that, it's benefiting somebody else mm-hmm. or I am helping to benefit somebody else by gifting it to them. What they choose to do with it, how they choose to love it, what kind of karma comes with it, that's mm-hmm. up to them. Okay. All right. So fair point. What about, let's take it another step further. What about in keeping with you know the big 11 by 14 and then the double framing, framing, framing of the Ketuba situation that we've now decided we're throwing out? What about in the same realm, the big picture that's double matted frame da, 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 that weighs a zillion pounds of your actual wedding picture? That's now this big mural that had been on your wall you know, two houses ago. What are you doing? Because remember, you don't throw photographs out. Right. So what I would potentially think to do is, oops, the frame broke. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we get rid of the fucking frame that takes up, roll up the picture and save it for your kids and let them decide, is it something that they want? Who knows where technology is going to go, right? Maybe there's a way eventually that they can cut you out and just have a beautiful picture of your husband. And I don't mean to cut you out because they don't love you, but because you're wearing a wedding dress, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe they just want that. Like I kept my parents' wedding picture, right? I didn't throw that out. My grandmother died. I went into her house. I took my parents' wedding picture. Why? Mm -hmm. They're not married. My dad's dead, but they weren't married when he died. But it's still something that as a child, I looked at and I had these visions and these fantasies of what marriage looked like Mm -hmm. and weddings looked like and what my parents looked like. And I wanted to hold on to that nostalgia it wasn't in a huge frame. I wouldn't have taken a huge frame with me. I would Okay. But I would keep the picture, at least for now, until your kids are older and let them decide what they right. want to do with it. 
All right. So I think that what we've broken down here is we're going to oops. I don't know how the frame broke. It was fine. But now it's, oh my God, where did that crack come from? So we're going to get, no, but that actually feels good. It's a release. It's just one less thing. It's silly to keep moving this from place to place and it's in the garage. And I hate to be even darker than dark. I'm going to veer away now from like the whole marriage thing. What do you do with that? I now in this next move, because the last time it was like just this mass exodus, now I have those same 70 pound frame, whatever, of my beautiful little babies that are now mini men at this point. I really don't need those frames. They were in one garage to now the next garage. Maybe we, oops, that frame broke too. We rip out the pictures, we put them in a box and seal it up and we'll deal with it down the road. I cannot convey enough how enthused I am. Back to your point, I love how we kind of always come full circle. The evaluation sometimes isn't all for naught. It's not necessarily like, oh God, we've done nothing. It is just to kind of have your checks and balances of what we need, what we don't need, how far have we come? I don't want to make this like the rabbit hole of doom and gloom. We haven't come far at all. Yes, we have. And that's why I pose these questions. I don't look at those pictures anymore and say, oh my God, I'm such a failure or whatever. I'm saying we've come such a long way. Do I really need that shit with me? Moving on. Right. And you're saying today, right, this moment as we're talking about, I've come a really long way. But you might have said earlier, I haven't gotten very far. And that's why I was saying in the scheme of this marathon, you may not be at the end, but you clearly are taking steps and we have to recognize those steps. I mean, you just made some huge decisions that when you moved into this house initially, you never could have made those decisions. And you may make very different decisions two years from now, if God forbid you had to move out of that next house. In oh, trust years. me. <laughs> two years I am moving. So okay. Here we go again. Okay. So we're going to go through it. And I guarantee you, you will throw away more stuff. You will see it differently. And the evaluation piece, we just have to be kinder to ourselves. Because mm-hmm. as you said, you are making progress. You are moving forward. And sometimes when it's not these grandiose accomplishments, we lose sight of them. And yeah. we don't value and give ourselves that reinforcement and acknowledgement that we are, we, we have made. I'm not schlepping the 75 pound thing to my house. That's a game. So, yeah. You know what I think? I think this is probably like a great place to end because A, we've accomplished a lot. We made some big decisions here. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can't be the only one moving. Other people out there are moving. Clean house detox it out, purge the stuff that you don't need. If you really feel as though you've made peace with it, donate it to someone who is in more need than you. There's always people out there that are less fortunate and it's a blessing and a gift to give it away. Dr. Boca, you've helped me tremendously in making that decision. I am going to try the dress on. I am dying to know if (laughs) it'll fit or not. But then we're going to give it to someone in need. The other stuff too, we're going to maybe have a little ceremony. Maybe the kids I can get involved. They can help me maybe break that glass and we'll keep the photographs because that's what matters. But the framing, it's all just smoke and mirrors. It's fodder. It's just stuff. And I think what we should do is our next podcast, maybe we record from... The new dig. Ooh, that was This be is exciting. happening. This is happening now in the next week. I mean, I'm packing up, I'm rolling out, and I'm moving on. This so, could be um, to everyone out there, if we end up taking a little bit of a week hiatus here or there, please forgive us. 
I am in the throes of a lot of change, but good change. And it's because of Dr. Boca who's helped keep me grounded and sane and put things in perspective, no matter how unpolished it may be. But next time you may be hearing from us, I'm going to, I kind of think that the garage though, I I don't know that I want to give up the garage as the office. You don't have to. You'll make the new garage your office. I'll make the new garage the new place where we record. I kind of like it out here. kind of like it. Anyway, with that being said, thank you for breaking down the wreckage. Even if we move locations, the corner is always going to be the corner of audacity and advice where our wheels and your wheels get spun upside down. So with that being said, remember, you can always find us on social media at Unpolished Therapy, Instagram, or on Facebook, Unpolished Therapy. I think on Twitter, if anyone tweets, I don't know, we're not really on that that much, but I I think we're at Unpolished. No, at Untherapy. Oh, at Untherapy. Okay. Well, we don't tweet that much. So maybe hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. That's probably a better way. Or you can always email us if there's any topics, concerns, comments, questions, etc. We are unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. We love reading your emails. We take great pride in it. And we'll always write you back. So if you hit us up, we'll hit you back. Right, Dr. Boga? Absolutely. absolutely. All right. So I'm going to pack up the rest of my stuff. I'm going to roll on out to my new digs. We're going to have a clean, fresh start. And we'll look forward to catching you next week or next time or whenever we're back for another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Thanks for hanging out today. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>